The Incomparable is brought to you by IT Pro TV. Enhance your technology aptitude with IT Pro TV, the resource to keep your IT skills up to date with engaging and informative video tutorials. For a free seven day trial and 30% off the lifetime of your account, go to itpro.tv slash Snell and use the code Snell. The Incomparable, number 289. February 2016. Welcome back, everybody, to The Incomparables Album Draft. In our last episode, you heard us pick three albums each in the album draft, populating our musical selections for the proverbial desert island. But we're back with more. In this episode, we've got three more selections from each of our guests, as well as the classic Bring Out Your Dead round, where we list everything else that didn't make it into this edition of the draft. And we'll probably do more album drafts in the future with uh, different panelists and perhaps with different topics. But this was a fun first crack. And when you're done, you're going to get a list of it's not going to even be 36 because of Bring Out Your Dead. It's going to be even more than that. More albums. If anything strikes your fancy, uh, hopefully you'll find something new and interesting to discover or rediscover an old favorite. So I am joined for the album draft by Anthony Johnston, Steve Lutz, Erica Ensign, Andy Anatko, and David J. Lore. We will pick up the pace now for round four, a little bit oh, faster. Lightning round. Light, it's, well, it's not lightning. Well, it's, it's just a strong um, gust of Just a of rumbling wind. of thunder in the distance. Yes, in- indeed. Uh, distance, uh, distant sound of thunder. Anthony, what do you have for us? Speaking of a distant sound of thunder, uh, I have picked... <laughs> not a good album. <laughs> no. Uh, Zoo Look by Jean-Michel Jarre. Oh. Oh, yeah. I've heard it. 1970... Uh, Anthony, I had this album on tape. So did, I. so did I. Yeah. Yes, yep. and I wore out my tape copy. But this is an album. You guys that, are old. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people. I always associate this album with Jet Set Willie because I had it playing on my cassette recorder while I was playing Jet Set Willie on my computer <laughs> endlessly. Um, a lot of people think that Jean-Michel Jarre is just the guy who does the big laser synths stuff. Mm. And yes, he does do that, and he does a lot of it, and it's all that very good. That sounds great, too. Yeah. You know what would be but, great is a fusion of that with the butter, 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 butter. I was, was going to say, we need to, we need to, we need to do like a, an EP of just like the musical interludes here. I know. <laughs> That'll be the bonus, the bonus album. The Incomparable Sings. But, no but, one picked that album. But Jarre... One of the things that, um, amongst his like sort of musical prodigy nurse, Jar studied at uh, the Groupe de Recherche Musicale under Pierre Schaeffer, who basically invented music concrete. And so this album is all of that finally coming out, and it is really, really kind of high tech primitive. There's loads of bleeding edge technology, but it's not very good like for the time it was amazing but in retrospect it's like wow this is really primitive like sampling and synthesizer stuff and most of the album is made up of human voices in a variety of something like 30 different languages that he recorded sampled cut up looped slowed down sped up pitch shifted and what have you to make these amazing almost vaguely industrial sounding musical pieces mm-hmm. uh that just are like nothing else anybody has ever produced including jar himself there's no other music that sounds like this in the world and it's perversely for a musician like jar it's actually really catchy even though there's no discernible tune or melody for a lot of it because it's so rhythmic it's actually really catchy
I love this album. It is not necessarily his best album in an objective sense but it is my favorite (laughs) okay (laughs) yeah i i I would go with yeah you know the boring ones oxygen equinox magnetic fields right which are wonderful wonderful albums and i can listen to them over and over again i love them but this is exciting it's a bit like you remember the unjustly maligned episode we did uh, talking about genesis is abacab which is exciting because it's not quite fully formed and that's what this is you can tell he's figuring out all this technology and just experimenting like crazy and i find that really really exciting to listen to all right, Jean-Michel Jarre, unexpected, but uh, but I, I again, I, I have actually heard that album. Anthony, you've become less cryptic for me as we've gone along. <laughs> Erica, uh, what's your fourth selection? Uh, well, I have finally picked an album from the United States, although it's... Uh, oh, thank God. This jingoism is getting so tired. I think we just lost our funding from Canada. Well, <laughs> It's from the twins, a band from the Twin Cities, so it's as close to Canada nice. as you can kind of get and still be uh, very metropolitan. Um, it is 1997's, I'm also out of the 70s, uh, 1997's Sound of Lies by the Jayhawks. There's a little bit of truth in every You were so bubblesome. It was just the blind leading the blind. This is a band that's one of my favorite bands of all time, and I love all of their albums, and it was really hard for me to pick one. But uh, their earlier albums, which they are actually kind of known more for, uh, were Gary Lewis and Mark Olson kind of singing harmonies together and co-writing the songs, and then Mark Olson left the band just before Sound of Lies, and turned out his style and his sound was my least favorite bit about the band. So as soon as he left, uh, we get Gary Lewis sort of... It, it's. This album is kind of a pure distillation of his style at the time. And for me, it just really cut to the heart. These songs are just little pieces of just nakedly beautiful emotion. I feel like you're looking into the songwriter's soul. And that's the kind of thing that that just gets me. Uh, it did not have the commercial success of their earlier or later albums. But I think it was just kind of a, a snapshot of something truly beautiful. And it, it touched me. So that is my favorite uh, Sound of Lies uh, by the Jayhawks. I saw them open for Matthew Sweet, I think, and I didn't like them. Yes. And then I found out later that everybody loved them. And I thought, really? That that opening act was something that people love? Because I just treated them like a random opening act. So mm-hmm. I should probably... I have seen them many times. And uh, every time I've seen them opening for somebody else, their sound has been terrible. Oh, interesting. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, don't don't judge by that. I don't, I don't feel bad. Well, remember, then. when you're opening for another band, you don't get to choose the sound. <laughs> that's right. Playing yes. through somebody else's <laughs> PA. Right. Exactly right. They were playing through Matthew Sweet's PA. Matthew Sweet. I'm starting to get the impression you're a fan of the Power Pop, Jason. There's a Matthew Sweet <laughs> album on my list, too, Steve. <laughs> Matthew Sweet actually co-wrote uh, one of the one of the songs from their fourth or fifth See, album. because they're, they're, they're pals. They're, they're pals. pals. That's a match Girl- made in heaven. Indeed. Girlfriend's so, on it, my long list. Uh, yeah, girlfriend. Girlfriend's on my, on my pick list. Um, Andy, what do you have fourth? Girlfriend. Take girlfriend. <laughs> you're not the boss of me. Uh Really hard one because I definitely wanted a Diana Damrau record uh, on my pick list. Uh, she's my favorite operatic soprano. Uh, just she just it's. Yeah, not I have a hard the- time picking. <laughs> yeah, which one? Which so one? many good ones out there. 
Are we finished? I'm just saying that there are listeners who are familiar with Diana Domrau who are now saying, my God, what an ignoramus. <laughs> Philistines. Oh, I think they said that a long yeah, time ago. Exactly, 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 exactly right. That, that ship already crossed the horizon and hit the iceberg. If they're just coming to that conclusion, maybe they got worse problems and bad taste in music. They're saying Steve, Steve <laughs> is being consistent. That's what they're saying. <laughs> Thank you. Which Diana Domrau uh, album did you choose? I decided to pick uh, the her recording of Donizetti's Lucia de Lamamore. So it's the it's a it's a it's a performance al- it's a production album of a, a stage performance uh, of uh, Donizetti's probably most famous opera. A, it wins because you got to, just on, on, on mass volume, you got 36 tracks here. That's a lot. And all the tracks are at least three minutes long. So you got a lot of volume there if you're, if you're only taking five albums with you. Uh, but also it's the only album she's, re- only recording she's released in which you get her version of the mad scene, of Lucia's mad scene. This is, uh, a lot of opera is you've definitely heard these songs before because they get used in movies and they get, sometimes they turn to popular songs. If you've seen The Fifth Element, the song that the the diva sings the blue big blue tentacle headed diva sings that's il doce suono which is the the mad scene from lucita de Lamamore. and 10 minutes long uh, it's in the uh, top the end of the second act i want you to imagine uh, this the, the the heroine of the story has as the title implies gone mad she has through lots of manipulations she has been forced to marry someone that she doesn't want to marry for and for political reasons to help her family and she just had a psychotic break she is now on the stage she is in her wedding dress covered with blood and holding a blood-soaked knife because she has just killed her husband and the entire wedding party is aghast and keeping their distance and she basically sings this song about how she she's had this dissociative break which her actual lover she's like don't worry they tried they tried to steal me from you but i escaped i i, I killed the i killed the soldiers who are trying to get me and now we can all be together again and it's this heartbreaking 10 minute long aria in which the character goes all the way through joy that oh my god we're finally going to be back together again to sort of like you're coming out of a dream where you start to realize that oh wait a minute something's wrong here i don't know what it is but there's something's very very wrong here and the aria that was basically lifting her up is now sort of tantalizing her and it's sort of mocking her and she's getting more confused uh, and it's just another one of those i have to stop dead and just listen to this thing from start to finish. The entire opera is wonderful. I, I'm, I'm going to have to go on and say this is the this is the album that I'd like to take with me. All right, Andy's trying to class up the joint a little bit. David's helping him a little bit too. So uh, let's I see. I was what, listening. I was too busy let, thinking about Diana Dimer. Let, so. Let's see what's happening now, <laughs> David. Well, I love a lot of crowded house songs. Good. You should. Yeah. I should. What's not to like? Okay, that's great. Moving on. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> And and you know I I really enjoyed their singles for a long time. The the album that I keep on my phone is, is obviously 1993's Together Alone. Oh, which it's you're just shamelessly pandering to the host now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I you know I I had I got Woodface on the on the basis of their previous albums and went oh wow I really like the one single I hate the other single and the rest of it's kind of there. But then I heard 
the the one single on this from the the uh, soundtrack of Reality Bites, which is a yes. movie that I was dragged to see. Locked out. Mm-hmm. Best and, way to see uh, that is to be dragged to it. Yeah, yeah, or run Not from it. One. Run from it. Really? Yeah, it's in the rearview mirror. How can you That's see it when one. you're running from it? <laughs> <laughs> it's in the rearview mirror. That's what happens. It chases you like a monster. You traditionally run with a rearview mirror. <laughs> so well, I do. I, I do. Because I'm wearing it's on my helmet. That's right. Oh. With your head <laughs> <on>. <laughs> So, yeah, rather than buy the soundtrack from that and remind myself of that, I went and got this. And and the whole album is just it's it's like a step beyond the last couple of albums for them. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the arrangements are much more interesting. There's more layering to the, the music. Uh, and and it's, it is a solid album from start to finish. I, I again, I, I can listen to it over and over again. Got a lot, a lot of different styles in there too. You got some yes. glam, glam rock with Black and White Boy. You've got a lot of really weird atmospheric stuff with Carrie Carrie. There's a lot of different, and the kind of Buddy Holly on acid of Locked Out. Catherine Wheels is just an earworm for me. Yeah. Just, that gets stuck in my head. Jason doesn't um, like that song. It's boring. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but it goes, it, it, it is the kind of song that can get stuck in your head because it is, it does go on it, and on. It's too it, long. It, it literally, yeah, you could just, you could go on forever because it would just keep wrapping back around. I actually am not offended by, by you choosing an album from my favorite band. How could I be? Um, <laughs> I go back and forth on whether this or their first self-titled album is better and I'm happy with either one. I actually had the other one on my on my pick list and not this one, but you know, I, I go back and forth about which one I think is better. I think they're both fantastic. And Steve likes Woodface, So there you go. I do like Woodface, although uh, temple of low men might be a better album. It, yeah, yeah, probably is. Yeah. It's not, <laughs> <laughs> but it might be in a parallel universe. Weather with you would probably be my favorite song of all. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, of all right, theirs. Steve, what do you have? Oh my God, it's me again? It is you. I don't know how that happened. I don't know how it was allowed, frankly, but yes. I have such a long list. It's crazy. I've got maybe like four pages worth of albums here. So to bring out your dead uh, round, which will be happening pretty soon. Yeah, I know I'm going to have to trim that down even because we'll be here all day. Um, I've realized that uh, if I'm going to be stuck on a desert island, I'm going to need something with which to express my boundless internal rage. So I'm going to stretch a few notches down on my list, and I'm going to go ahead and take Nine Inch Nails Broken off the board from 1992. Well played. Um, Hmm. Which I think is, I mean, it's a little bit wrong to call this an album. It's technically sort of an EP because it's only six songs long, and two of those are short little instrumentals. Anthony already picked Um, an EP, so you're you're clear. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's but it's if. If this if this album were any longer, it would get uh, almost uh, it would be almost too much because it is well, such. And also, it could, you can just get it with fixed the remix version, and then you've got a full album length. I don't like fixed very much though. It's kind of ponderous. Oh really? Oh, yeah. Not even the Thirlwell remix. Come yeah, on. But there's some there's some good <laughs> stuff on it, but I think it it it's a little too. Uh, it changes the the nature of the songs a bit too much. I mean, it's interesting, but it's not. Oh, that's why I like it. I don't think of it as being of a piece with broken. Um, but yeah, I think if it was any longer, it would it would almost be too much to listen to because it's it's the most concentrated expression of rage and anger in what is probably about twenty minutes worth of time that I can imagine. Still 
I think a lot of people would probably pick the Downward Spiral as maybe a better Nine Inch Nails album, but I think for me that... Too long. It's, it's well, yeah, put it next to the next album and then tell me how long it is. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, but but I think I think that that almost feels more like posturing to me. It's it's like Trent Reznor is, I, I'm going to tell you a really scary story about a really mad guy. And, and this, he is the mad guy and he is so pissed off and he just wants everybody to die and he wants to be the one to kill them. Uh, and it is fantastic. It is such a... Um, a, a purgative album to listen to it, it's uh and and um I, I think you have to include the two technical bonus tracks as part of the album too so that does stretch it out a little bit but it's it's really not the same album without the cover of adam Ant's physical and uh the right. pig face cover at the end too of uh suck um but it's terrific and uh it's my go-to industrial album for just like a quick dip into into uh anger all right. I'd love to pick a ministry album, but I don't think there's a great ministry album, so I'm going to go with this. Oh yeah, Psalm 69's got some you know good moments, but the the thing, one of the things I really like about Broken is nothing to do with the music, and that is that uh, after track six, uh, there's a period of silence before you know the the bonus track. As ninety you get on a lot of, ninety two so tracks right, worth of silence actually. Exactly, it's ninety two one second tracks, so you can watch it <laughs> counting up on your CD player if you're old and have a CD player until it reaches the bonus track. And I just thought that was inspired. Yep. 98 and 99. He used them all. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and this was also the uh, Wish is the track that has the CD skipping on it. Like it's it. Uh, you, you know, you're presumably all old enough to remember what CDs sounded like when they skipped. Um, and this track, the track literally has a section in it where it sounds like the CD has skipped. And just as you get to the point where you think there's too much. Uh, you think, oh, maybe it really has skipped. Then it carries on. <laughs> Brilliant. I think that may just be your CD. Just trolling the listener. That's uh, great stuff. Love it. So thumbs up to uh, Trent Reznor and his uh, his magnum opus of rage, Broken, okay. from 1992. Very nice. I'm going to, for my fourth pick, um, I'm going to choose, uh, I'm back in the 21st century. Wow, what is wrong with me? 2003? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to choose uh, the album by indie rock Darling's Death Cab for Cutie, Transatlanticism, or perhaps Transatlanticism, depending on how you like to handle it. I think this is the best. I love Death Cab for Cutie. I think this is their best album by far. I I could listen. We have the facts, but that's uh, that's, it's a good. That's that's a good one too. But I think I think this is the best one. And one of the things about I could listen to it forever. In fact, one of the reasons I could listen to it forever on repeat is that the sound at the end of the last track is also the sound at the beginning of the first track. It is made to to play on repeat forever um and uh just a bunch of a bunch of great songs on there i think this is their best uh, cohesive album but yes there are others uh, actually wait- the photo booth ep probably ranks up there for me yeah there's some good stuff on there too although there's also some stuff i don't like but this one i kind of like well, everything there and, you're wrong and this and it has my favorite um my favorite death cat for cutie song is probably we look like giants which is uh, track 10 on this one we look like giants Back of my gray subcompact Fumbling to make contact As the others slept inside Death Cab for Cutie. I love them. And this is a good one. 
So uh, that brings us to the end of four rounds. I, I would like to officially hear the sound of, of thunder and declare lightning round <laughs> where you give me give me a, an album choice and a couple of sentences and we'll try to get through one or two rounds that way before we bring out the dead. So, Anthony? All right. And speaking of bringing out the dead, uh, I hope I can get away with choosing this. Uh, it's... Is it the robot? Because I'll let you get the robot. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> take Mr. Is... Roboto. Take Mr. Roboto. Oh, Anthony's never, is... he's never heard a Styx album. No, that's true. Oh, um, it is The Isle of the Dead by Rachmaninoff, a 1909 composition, which is uh, about 23 minutes long, uh, or shorter, depending on the you know speed you play it, obviously. I, it's not really an album, but it's a long enough piece that you can buy it, you know, sort of by itself with a few filler tracks at the end. Um, and it is uh, Rachmaninoff's finest piece and one of, in my opinion, the finest pieces of classical music ever composed. Uh, gloomy, dark, powerful, brooding, uh, just absolutely amazing. I, again, can listen to it over and over. I'll allow it. <laughs> Thank you. We're in the lightning <laughs> round. Erica. Uh, I am going to choose Pornography by Extreme, which... Whoa! Is, yeah. <laughs> Nuno Betancourt wow. on the board. Yeah, totally. <laughs> it is... I, like I said, I'm a sucker for a concept album. Uh, that's what this is. Its concept is, you know, a, a discussion of sex and money and decadence. And it just... It rocks. I listened to it to make sure it's still held up. And it does. Uh, it's got a couple of acoustic numbers to shake things up, which, of course, got more radio play than the rest of the album altogether. Wholehearted! Um, wholehearted! Yeah. They're th- and those are they're, they're good songs, too. But I prefer the, you know, the, the squealy guitars and, you know, the, the musical stylings of one Mr. Nuno Betancourt, because that man is amazing. Uh, so, yeah, pornography. I didn't know Extreme was uh, was Canadian. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're, they're not. Not that album would have been improved by them porting "Play with Me" from the from the first album onto it, because that's an amazing out song. I do like their first album. Too. Andy, lightning round. What's a quick pick? Quick pick is horrible. The horrible truth about Burma by Mission of Burma. This is the live album from comp- compiled from their 1983 farewell tour, uh, and it's uh, the acoustics are not great, but that's great because Mission of Burma is one of those bands that never really got out of the clubs. So you really just smell the cigarette smoke and the and the beer, stale beer, and the flammable carpeting that's being used as soundproofing everywhere. Uh, and if for no other reason, it gives me an easy access to that's when I reach for my revolver, which is one of my favorite songs. Nice.
David. I'm going to class up the joint again. Okay. Uh oh. Uh, my favorite George Gershwin album. Oh, Le- God. Levant plays Gershwin. <laughs> oh, it's, it's Oscar Levant pick. with like the Philadelphia Orchestra and and I think the New York Philharmonic in one. But it's you know it's Rhapsody in Blue. Everyone, that's like. Yeah, I hear that when I'm that. going through the Chicago airport. Right. <laughs> um, but it's also got things that you don't hear all the time, like the second Rhapsody and Concerto in F and the I Got Rhythm variations. And and it's just delightful. It is it is possibly my favorite. And and he's he's one of the few people who plays them at the right pace. Leonard Bernstein yeah. just too slow. Also, Levant was like actually like he was basically the hand picked interpreter of of Gershwin by the Gershwin oh, yeah. themselves. So yeah. this is like as close as you get to hearing this. As if there's any if if there's any reference recording, this is it. If if you watch the movie American in Paris, he's in it, and he has a fantasy sequence where he plays like the best section of the concerto in F. It yep. is spectacular. Steve, what's your choice? Oh, boy. Well, I feel like I need a real concept album on my list, so I'm going to pick up Jethro Tull's A Passion Play from 1973. Wow. Um, This is the second of their album-length song uh, set. The first one was Thick as a Brick, which was basically a uh, parody of concept albums that uh, Ian Anderson came up with when people mistakenly thought Aqualung was a concept album, and so he wrote it as sort of a joke. (laughs) Critics loved it. They thought it was great. So he came back and said, okay, let's make another concept album. We'll call it a passion play, and this time it'll be a real concept album. And critics hated it. But I love it. I think it's great. Um, your liking of it will basically mirror your tolerance for English fruitiness. You can very easily envision <laughs> villagers prancing around the maypole to this music. Um, the centerpiece, it's still, I mean, even though it's a, a legit concept album, it's still clearly kind of a goof on the form. The, the centerpiece of the, of the album is literally, they right in the middle of a, a musical break, somebody shouts, This is the story of the hare who lost his spectacles. <laughs> and they break into like a three-minute uh, whimsical story, like a Jack and Nori kind of thing. And uh, it's almost like a Peter and the Wolf thing. And then they get back to the music. And it's just, there's, it's, it's inscrutable. The lyrics are bizarre. <laughs> there's a story that makes no sense. <laughs> It is uh, one of my favorite albums of all time, and uh, I'm glad that everybody else hates it because they're the tightest pairs of shoes you'll ever wear, and we're insisting you put them on right now. (laughs) Jethro Tull's a passion play. (laughs) All right, very nice. Take Um, it and like it. (laughs) You can't have your pudding until you listen to this album. (laughs) Stand still, laddie. For my uh, for my lightning round pick, I'm going to choose um, an album uh, by 
a band that is really sort of just a front for the father of alternative rock, Mr. Bob Mould. It's Sugar's Copper Blue from Ooh, 1992. Going Sugar instead of Husker Do. Husker Do. Good I, job. Oh, yeah. Nice. Well, I, actually, my nice. backup Bob Mould was going to be Workbook, his first solo album. Um, uh, Husker Do batting average problems on Husker Do's albums, Agreed. I yeah. think. Yeah. Um, and you talk about, just as an aside, you talk about albums where the band is, bro- is broken up. Um, I guess technically Bob Mould's first, uh, first solo album is his half of Warehouse song, Songs and Stories by Husker Du because that's two solo albums alternating tracks. It's so sad that it's just like, it's over, guys. Just just give give up. But <laughs> Copper Blue, he formed a band. He wanted to do something different after his uh, couple of solo albums. And uh, it, it really um, defined, I think, defined a sound that had a lot of influence in the 90s, but it was also um, Bob Mould trying to do something that, that felt uh, a little more current. Um, his style of music was actually a style that was popular in the mid-90s for a brief moment, and I think this might be his best-selling album as an artist, and it is, it's great, a lot of great tracks on it, most uh, specifically If I Can't Change Your Mind, Changes Helpless, and uh, there's some uh, nice uh, really loud screamers on it too like the act we act, so um, and there's a little uh, lullaby at the end called The Man on the Moon, so Copper Blue by Sugar, 1992 Let us take a brief break from our album draft to tell you about this week's sponsor. It's IT Pro TV. If you've got a career plan that you want to set in motion, uh, whether you're looking to start a career in IT or are already working in the field, certifications and credentials are a key to getting a job or a promotion. IT Pro TV's mission is education through engagement with up-to-date, high-quality video content and access to the most important tools you need for technology certification. IT Pro TV has more than a 1,000 hours of content. They're adding 50 hours every week. They stream it live, so you can actually watch the teachers live and ask your questions, which is a very clever idea. Um, and also, they have on-demand, of course, worldwide to your mobile devices, to your Chromecast, Roku, computer, whatever. Uh, They've got you covered. They have lots of great topics. Apple Certified Support Professional, Apple Certified Technical Coordinator, Amazon Web Services, Microsoft Technology Certification, Google Apps for Work Administrator, Virtualization, and a whole lot more. You can take a deep dive into ethical hacking, their security and cryptography. They've got really great tutorials. All the courses are transcribed, so you can watch, watch from start to finish or just jump to the part that you're looking for. There are uh, more than 100 step-by-step virtual machine labs and practice exams for Transcender. Uh, That's $109 value, but you get it for your one low monthly subscription price. And there's a no-hassle cancellation policy. So if you're studying using a book, can you imagine a book? How 20th century? Or if you're enrolled in a certification or technical degree program, this is a fantastic supplement. You can learn at your own pace. You can track your progress. It's much cheaper than going to a boot camp. If you're a working IT professional, this is a great ongoing resource to keep your skills current. And there is corporate and group pricing available. Their clients include Harvard, MIT, UCSD. Yay, UCSD. Uh, and Stanford. Boo, Stanford. And more. Uh, so I, I like the service. It's a very clever idea. Um, it, it feels very much like one of the, almost like one of the 
Twitch shows. It feels like a TV show. It's very personality driven, but there's a lot of great content behind that. So you're watching a really nicely produced, conversational, but deep dive, hours and hours of learning. So you're going to, you're going to learn this stuff. You have a problem with it. Uh, the CEO, you can like email the CEO at IT Pro TV and say, I had a problem with this thing. And he will write back to you. I have talked to him and he has made this claim. He will write back to you. So they're very responsive to feedback and they are very quick because they're streaming live too. They're, they're quick. They're like a TV network of education. It's pretty cool. They produce up-to-date content all the time. So you should check it out and consider IT Pro TV as a place where you can upgrade your brain with the most popular IT certifications. Premium subscriptions normally cost $57 a month or $570 per year, but there's a special offer because you're listening to this sponsorship. Try it free for seven days using code SNELL to sign up. Check out their courses, live stream, and more, and you'll get 30% off the lifetime of your account. That's less than $40 a month or $3.99 for the entire year. ITPro.tv slash SNELL. Use code SNELL to try it free for seven days and save 30% forever. So thank you so much to IT Pro TV for sponsoring The Incomparable. One more lightning round, and then we will bring out the dead. Oh, uh, just one more. Anthony. <laughs> uh, I am kind of amazed that nobody has picked this yet, although it does kind of prove my point. But I'm amazed that Jason hasn't picked a Genesis album yet. I've so got I'm one. Go I've got one on the list. I almost did it, but I haven't yet. <laughs> Foxtrot. Whoa. All right. I went the other way, although I did consider Foxtrot. I do like Foxtrot oh, okay. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So what did, what did you have? Like Invisible Touch or something? Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. Lamb Lies Down on Broadway, of course. <laughs> well, you said you went in the other direction. I mean... <laughs> well, there's only two choices for Best Genesis Album, Anthony. Foxtrot and The Lamb Lies Down on Broadway. Clearly. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I'd say The Shapes man. album's up there. Anyway, <laughs> yes. yes, Foxtrot from 1972. Uh, third album, fourth if you count from Genesis to Revelation, which is no. not at all like Genesis. Um, uh, it's the one where they really started to become the Genesis that everybody knew them as in the 70s. And of course, it features Supper's Ready, the <laughs> almost entirety of Side 2 23-minute epic track uh, that also, funnily enough, features uh, a bit of like weird rocky whimsical storytelling in the middle of the concert i was yeah. thinking of supper's ready when steve was describing so was a passion yeah. play um <laughs> and it was fraught with difficulty making this album they burned through producers because it's such an odd album even putting supper's ready aside like there's so many strange things about it um as i talked about with you jason on that episode of unjustly maligned Indeed. so um yeah it's it's a great album and if you think of genesis as the phil collins band go back and listen to foxtrot and be amazed Um, I'm, I'm dipping back into the 70s again for my, my last lightning round pick, and that is uh, Emmylou Harris's Elite Hotel. It was hard yeah! to pick. It was hard to pick an Emmylou album, but that is the <laughs> one that I've, I, I love the most, I think, and have listened to the most times. It is classic country. It is all covers. Uh, it, it's got her singing a lot of other people's songs, but it's it's doing covers right. She puts her own spin on it. They just, they all sound great. You got everything from uh, Here, There, and Everywhere by the Beatles to a couple of Grammy 
Graham Parsons songs. I think her version of Sin City is my favorite uh, of of all of the different versions I've I've heard, including the Graham Parsons version. Uh, it and and some classic country stuff uh, like feeling single, seeing double. Like you can't beat that song sung by a girl. <laughs> I love turning turning that kind of thing around, and her voice is just it's just amazing. So love oh, Emily. Yeah. Well, I came home from work this morning, my baby was feeling low. And he told me what was on his mind, and he told me where I could go. Well, I didn't go where he told me to, cause the water was cold in the lake. Now there's something fishy about the soul, deal. I don't see where I made my mistake. But I really had a ball last night. Oh, hell, I'm a pretty boy's side. I was feeling Right. Andy, lightning round, quick pick. Quick pick. Um, I had to pick a Broadway cast album. It's not Hamilton. Okay. Uh, it is <laughs> the original Broadway cast album of Sweeney Todd uh, with uh, Angela oh, Lansbury. Yeah. Uh, amazing. Uh, it's uh, uh, There's songs here that are just bone chilling but then you have songs like you know <laughs> uh, where they where they're singing about all the different ingredients they can put into the pies they're making out of the people that they're going to kill uh, and so when you get down to uh, uh, the, uh the last track of the first side a little priest <laughs> it's priest have a little priest is it really good sir it's too good at least then again they don't commit sins of the flesh so it's pretty fresh awful lot of fat only where it's at haven't you got poet or something like that now you see the trouble with poet is how do you know it's deceased try the priest and they're doing this like dance about killing people and tricking their customers into eating human flesh. And it's a very danceable, singable song. And wh- however, however much, however big the suite that God is going to give Stephen Sondheim in the afterlife, they just keep adding another addition onto it. There's, he's got like four pools and eighteen bathrooms in it by now. <laughs> All right, constantly building. David, what do you have? Lightning round. I'm going to pick something that I, I had never heard of this guy until my partner in theater said, you need to listen to Richard Schindel. Great singer-songwriter, great storyteller. And I'm going to pick his live album, Courier, which is a great uh, sampler of his music up to that point. Um, there's a song on there called Fishing that is brilliant. It is it is basically an interrogation of someone emigrating to this country. Um, and it doesn't always go well. Uh, there is a song called Transit, which is devastatingly beautiful. It's about traffic in New Jersey. And there, there is, I, it, but it really is. Uh, it's about traffic and a nun and a prison and, oh, my God. And there is a song on there called Are You Happy Now, which that was the first song my partner played for me. And he said, there is a line in this song that you are going to wish you had written. And I'm like, yeah, right, come on. And <laughs> son of a gun, he was right. I smashed your pumpkin on the floor. The candle flickered at my feet as goblins flew across the moon. The children peered into the room. A cowboy shivered on a porch. 
Cinderella checked her watch A hobo waited in the street An angel whispered trick or treat What was I supposed to do But to sit there in the dark I was amazed to think that you Could take the candy with you too So are you happy now? Courier, I uh, I prefer his later album Comic Sans. <laughs> wow. You're the only one who likes Comic Sans, Steve. I like Comic Sans. What do you have? <laughs> you wrong, wrong person. You. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, snap judgment on what the shortlist. What have I got left? Um, all right, I'm going to take uh, 1993's Modern Life Is Rubbish by Blur. Um, hey. Blur's first album was uh, basically them uh, trying to get a recording contract by pretending they were baggy. It really doesn't work very well. The lyrics are terrible. Uh, They went on a tour of America that went horribly, badly wrong. Um, They got way too drunk and uh, and realized that their life was 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 shite. (laughs) They came back and they wrote "Modern Life Is Rubbish." Um, which just it drips with uh, with world weariness for such a young band, uh, but it is uh, I think probably the best Bowie Kinks fusion album uh, of all time. Uh, it's track after track is fantastic. Um, for tomorrow, their the opener I think uh, rivals almost any song of the '90s is the best song of that decade. Um, the lyrics are sharp and and wonderful, um, and they're probably better known for their follow up album uh, Park Life, which is more of sort of a cheery view of uh, of English life in the nineties. Um, this is their sort of lesser known. Um, what was that? <laughs> Somebody had an aneurysm. <laughs> yeah, that's cannot really true. There's no, it's it's r- not. It's not. But if, I think people get that impression from from stuff like Girls and Boys, which is actually more of an ironic. Uh, exactly. Song yeah, the whole well. album is like a, a, a sarcastic. Yes. Well, it, the whole album is a sarcasm. <laughs> yeah, it, it's true. I mean, Damon Albarn is very, very good at, that, at taking that approach and and sounding like he's he's really into something when in fact he's kind of commenting wryly on how crappy it is. <laughs> uh, but I, I think uh, I think this is probably Blur's best album. Um, it is very, very good from start to finish. I would recommend the American version of the album, which substitutes the demo version of Chemical World, which I think is superior, and it also slots pop scene in at the end where the record starts to falter. Uh, but a great album, regardless of which version you listen to, highly recommended. Modern Life is Rubbish. Canadian version. <laughs> Could be. We got our funding back. Thank you. <laughs> I decidedly don't. <laughs> they will spend uh, taxpayer money on anything, those Canadians. <laughs> well, I, uh, uh, for, for the last pick in the draft here, before we go to bring out our dead, I, uh, I should probably close it up by picking a Beatles album, but we've had too many Beatles albums chosen already, quite frankly. So instead, I'm going to choose the 2004 release by the punk pop band Say Anything. 
is a real boy. It is fantastic and angry and poppy. And it sounds like a very a lost punk rock musical at several points and has songs that get stuck in my head for days. There is a uh, the, the current release added like seven more tracks. Basically, it's like extra album added on the end of the original album. And uh, it's, uh, uh, you know, Max Bemis's work is not for everyone, but I think that uh, I, it's it must be for me. It is really great, <laughs> uh, loud, melodic uh, punk pop and so I'm going to choose Say Anything is a Real Boy When I watch you want to do you right where you're standing yeah right on the foyer on this dark day right in plain This is a very quick break. I just want to tell you about four new additions to the Incomparable family you may not have heard of. We brought in a new podcast called Cartoon Cast, starring Micah Sargent and Christina Warren. It's all about cartoons and other animated things, and it posts fortnightly. It's a lot of fun. You should check it out. A foot is a monthly question mark. It's a mystery uh, about mysteries podcast uh, hosted by our very own Glenn Fleischman. Uh, Pod for Ham, you may have heard of. It is about the musical Hamilton. If you, We're going to take it track by track, and we're going to talk about them all with various panels. A lot of interesting stuff going on there. And finally, a brand new to the network, we've brought over John McCoy's podcast, Sophomore Lit. It's a great idea. I love the concept. It's revisiting those books you were assigned in high school now that you're a grown-up. And uh, how do they hold up, and do they hold up? Do you like them better now? Do you like them worse now? Sophomore Lit, I've been on a couple of times. John Syracuse has been on a couple of times. It's a lot of fun. So check those out. You can get to all of them at theincomparable.com. And that closes out the uh the the album draft. We are officially done. Now, I would like to ask everybody to bring out your dead. Tell me what I else was regrets. on your list that you didn't choose. Anthony, you did choose Draconian Times, The Reptile House EP, Scoundrel Days, Zoo Look, The Isle of the Dead and Foxtrot. What did you not choose? How long have we got? Just um, blast just blast through them. Okay, 1977's Before and After Science by Brian Eno, uh, which was an album that I first heard, first dozen times I heard it, I was on acid. Uh, it was amazing. Um, <laughs> first dozen REM's, times? Yeah. <laughs> I finally went out and bought it. Um, R.E.M.'s Fables of the Reconstruction. You weren't even listening to the album, album, you just heard it. <laughs> yeah, fantastic album. Uh, the uh, Sensual World, Kate Bush's opus from 1989, oh, yeah. her mm. best album without question. Rough yeah. Night in Jericho by Dreams So Real, another band from Athens. Athens, Georgia, who nobody wow. else has heard of. Uh, it's uh, th- one of the best debut albums you have ever heard. Like, imagine if R.E.M. were better musicians and wrote love songs. That's what this album is. Every <laughs> single track is incredibly catchy. Uh, uh, Zoe Keating's One Cello by Sixteen, Natoma. Also Zoe on my Keating, list. 
Yeah, fantastic ah, musician, cellist who plays with electronic loops and stuff. This was her first full-length album, brilliant. Typo Negative's October Rust, which was where they finally got a budget and made this lush, powerful, romantic and heartbreaking gothic metal album. Uh, Motorhead's No Remorse, which is a fantastic early compilation, nice. but also has Killed by Death on the end, which is their best track ever. My Dying Bride's Turn Loose the Swans, a bleak, funereal, doom metal opus, their finest album. Far Beyond Driven by Pantera, the heaviest, nastiest groove metal album ever. Stomp. <laughs> 442 by Anthrax, relentlessly heavy and percussive album that just comes out of the gate at 100 miles an hour and does not slow down. Demanufactured by Fear Factory, mechanised thrash metal that basically single-handedly signalled the popular taste change from thrash to industrial in the 90s. Uh, hybrid Theory by Linkin Park. I will fight anyone who says Linkin Park are not metal. And this album, <laughs> it still sounds every bit as modern and catchy today I would have said they're as not it music. did 15 years ago. <laughs> Astro Creep 2000 by White Zombie. White nice. Zombie only made one really great album, but it is so great that it doesn't matter. The Eye of Every Storm by Neurosis. Incredibly powerful post-metal doom. Every track is like an epic composition of relentless death. Uh, Wolverine Blues by Entune. The fusion of rock and roll and death metal if you ever wanted to know what blues metal would sound like the answer is swedish and very heavy <laughs> year of no light plays vampire this french outfit they only put out one album every five years and this one is a soundtrack to an obscure black and white 1932 indie horror movie and it is amazing go on youtube people have put it to the movie it's fantastic and finally ride the lightning by metallica because you have to nice. have a metallica album it's the law all right <laughs> Erica, what are your leftovers? I might break the law. I'm afraid there's no Metallica. <laughs> well, we've got it now. We've got it. There's a Metallica album no, no, no. in the. I've taken care of in the atmosphere. Okay, okay. Thanks. Canadian Thanks for law uh, differs on this point. As long as you have <laughs> right. Rush, you're fine. Uh, um, okay, so first of all. Uh, back to the 70s and my childhood between the lines by janice ian a beautiful singer songwriter you might recognize the song at 17 from plenty of those 1970s compilation album commercials uh that's the one she was most known for love it uh next why should the fire die by nickel creek i love nickel creek there's sort of a fusion of bluegrass and pop kind mm -hmm. of and one of my favorite songs ever jealous of the moon is on that album actually co-written by gary lewis from the jayhawks so there you go uh I do have my Beatles album, and for me, it's Rubber Soul. I just love those songs. Their early music is poppy. The later music got more experimental. I feel like this is right in the middle, so it's kind of my my sweet spot. Um, my favorite musical genre, however, I think overall is pop punk, so I've got a, a couple of those. Um, Start Static is the first album by a band called Sugar Cult, whom I love. I think pop punk, for me at its best, is upbeat and poppy music with very cynical and depressing lyrics, and I think nobody does that better than Sugar Cult. Um, Next is My Dinosaur Life by Motion City Soundtrack, another Twin Cities band. Uh, it's pop punk with all the feels, as they say on Tumblr. Uh, it deals with themes of addiction and relationships and just has melodies and harmonies that just kick butt. Um, American Idiot by Green Day. Can't do this without a Green Day album. And again, I love my concept albums, the punk rock opera about the disillusionment with the state of the United States at the time, specifically the Iraq War uh, and what was going on around that. Uh, just I, I love lots and lots of Green Day albums, but I think because that one has the connecting thread, I probably like it the best. Um, the music scene in Madison, Wisconsin is actually awesome. couple albums from there. Uh, there's a band called Monovox that came out with an album called Sausalito. Uh, Monovox won the um, GarageBand.com $250,000 album 
contest and got to go to California and have an album produced by Jerry Harrison. And that is the album that came out of it. It is amazing. Sweeping melodies, strong uh, vocals. Uh, so, so, so it's not just a clever name. Sausalito was actually recorded in Sausalito, which is about like five miles from my house. All right. Yeah. So it's not a clever name. Basically. Not a, just a clever name, no. <laughs> it's, it's not a clever name. No. It's not even a name. It's they literally a went outside and looked at the street sign. Yep, that's right. Yeah, like yeah, like Abbey Road. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> kind of awful things happened with that poor band after the album was recorded, but the album is really, really good. Then we have uh, Sunspot is another band from Madison. I, I love their albums, all of them, but my favorite, I think, is Neanderthal because they, they sort of style themselves as arena rock for geeks, and I think that is their geekiest album. It's got songs uh, about violent video games. Uh, one song is called Power Word Kill, so a little Dungeons and Dragons nod there. Really good geek rock. Uh, check that out if you're interested. Um, sort of the, the singer-songwriter thing is another another thing I'm drawn back to a lot. So I, I love the album Little Voice by Sarah Bareilles, her debut. I think she's just fantastic. Um, another Sarah, Sarah Harmer, back to the Canadian side of things. Uh, her album You Were Here is one of my favorites. Uh, and I was uh, I discovered that again before I moved to Canada. Um, Speak for Yourself by Imogen Heap. I like the singer-songwriter thing, uh, even when it's a yeah. little more electronic and experimental i think she's just fantastic wonderful uh back to canada again for the aforementioned Waylon jenny's with their album 40 days which was their debut some of the most transportive and beautiful harmonies you will ever ever hear i've heard them live a few times and they are every bit as good live as they are on the album if not even a little better so they're just they're that good uh I had trouble picking an Alice in Chains album, but I decided to go with Sap since we've got uh, oh. EPs allowed. It is it's kind of weird, uh, but it's it's again got beautiful harmonies, which is another thing that draws me in. So, wow. Sap by Alice in Chains, Sister Sweetly by Big Head Todd and the Monsters, which is relaxed almost jam rock, but not quite because I don't actually like jam rock. Oh, so that's a good one. Couple instrumentals, Bowling Suite for Flute and Jazz Piano by Claude Bowling and Jean-Pierre Rompal, which is a great thing to listen to in the springtime when you're cleaning house. Uh, if you need help falling asleep, I recommend Unaccountable Effect by Liz Story, which is kind of a new agey piano uh, album, which is very relaxing. I love that. Uh, Traveling Wilburys Volume 1, just because I like the Wilburys. Gotta have a super group. August and Everything After by Counting Crows because wow. you get that singer-songwriter feel but more of the full full band with yep. the rock and roll. Um, and then A Fever You Can't Sweat Out by Panic at the Disco because how can you not love uh, <laughs> an album with song titles like The Only Difference Between Martyrdom and Suicide is Press Coverage or Lying is the Most Fun a Girl Can Have Without Taking Her Clothes Off which incidentally is a line from the film Closer. Uh, and last but not least... Countdown to Extinction by Megadeth because I got nice. it. <laughs> wow, that's that's how the Canadians get around the Metallica law. The um, I should say I didn't mention your your actual choices: Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars, uh, Court and Spark, Harvest, Sound of Lies, Pornography, and Elite Hotel. Andy, you chose Abbey Road, Together Again, uh, Tony Bennett and Bill Evans, The Spine, uh, uh, Lucia de Lammermoor. Horrible Truth About Burma and the Sweeney Todd cast album. What are your leftovers? Okay, leftovers would be uh, Divers. The Joanna Newsom's new album just came out a few months ago. Uh, ama- just indescribable instrumentalist. That if you if you said that you you would love a harp album, there you go. It's not. <laughs> it's, she's a little bit like Zoe Keating, where it's like, oh, mo- oh no, not an album of cello music. No, it's not like classical cello music. It's just again defies description. Um, Couldn't stand the weather by Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble. Just. 
makes you feel inadequate about anything that you think that you do well, just listen to Stevie Ray Vaughan play the guitar. Uh, uh, Girl Talk uh, All Day, which is uh, Greg Gillis is a musician who does like these mashup albums, uh, has samples of, I had to look it up, 372 songs by other artists. And it's just, can, it, you can listen wow. to it as 72 musics of unbroken music of just one song. Uh, and it's it's quite amazing. Uh, Johnny Cash, uh, I chose American Recordings, uh, not his earlier stuff. I, I thought that when he got to the end of the line where he's just... Every, on a regular basis, just walking to the studio with his guitar and recording with somebody he's hired just to be standing by in case he decides he wants to record that day. You just you feel the leather in his voice. This is an old man who's looking back on a life. It's amazing stuff. Um, My Aim is True by Elvis Costello, another uh-huh. hard one to pick one. A, a, a huge nostalgic pick for me, but it holds up. Uh, Sinatra at the Sands, one of the best live albums ever. Uh, if you want to get one Sinatra album, this will remind you of all the things that you are think are great about Sinatra and also remind you that he actually got there not by being a colorful character, by, but by being an amazing vocalist. Uh, Let Yourself Go by Kristen Chenoweth. Before she really broke, uh, she recorded this album of, uh, of Broadway, uh, Broadway songs, not, not necessarily famous ones either. Also features Jason Alexander in a duet, uh, which you forgot that he did win a Tony Award <laughs> for <laughs> musical performance before becoming George Costanza. Uh, no doubt Rocksteady. I just love the electronic uh, bass behind it. Rodrigo and Gabriela, their first <gasps> self-titled album. Yeah. Just this amazing duet uh, acoustic guitar that taught me that, oh, you can actually slap <laughs> you can actually slap the guitar and use it as a percussion instrument as you go, <laughs> which had an effect upon both my ukulele playing and the number of times I have to replace ukuleles. A uh, couple of soundtracks, <laughs> the High Fidelity soundtrack. Oh, yeah. it, lets you, it lets you get beyond the great, you can't you pick a greatest hiss album, but uh, boy, this is, obviously when you put music together for a soundtrack, they are almost always thematically linked, and these are all songs of a time featuring songs you might have heard of, but mostly deep cuts from albums that maybe you already had. Uh, the second album is the uh, second soundtrack is the soundtrack from Repo Man, which nice. was just I bought the cassette and I had to keep dubbing it and replacing it because it was just <laughs> if, if whenever I hear Ig- Iggy Pop singing Repo Man, I am on my three speed puffy bicycle <laughs> and i am like tooling out from uh, from uh, from school to go see empire strikes back the first screening at the showcase cinemas because it's just uh, not only is it a great album but again heavy heavy nostalgia uh Pablo warren Zevon was never <laughs> i had to remind again I'm a, I'm I'm a kid and i have to remind myself that i can't even though i i'm singing that song out loud when i'm walking to school i can't sing it out loud inside the house <laughs> The girls turned the color of an avocado when Pablo rode by in his El Dorado. He was only five foot three. Girls could not resist his stare. Pablo Picasso was never called an asshole. Just a little sample. Warren Zevon, pretty much all of it, but I picked Excitable Boy uh, because you get Rolling the head, Headless Thompson Gunner, uh, Werewolves of London, uh, and Lawyers, Guns, and Money. But also you get uh, Accidentally Like a Martyr, which is, again, not not a dud on this album. Uh, my, also, My Rides Here from uh, uh, Warren Zevon. Couldn't pick between those two. 
chiefly because I really like my my, my rides here, uh, Sacrificial Land, my Lord Lord Byron's luggage, uh, just all this uh, great stuff. Uh, joined together, this, which is a Who's a Who a live album that is based on their uh, 1989 uh, 25th anniversary tour, and the highlight is they play the entirety of Tommy from start to finish live and this was before they stopped giving a damn about <laughs> what they were doing so there's just nothing but energy it's like filled with middle-aged people who are really excited to be there uh stevie wonder songs in the key of life that's just one of those songs you should be issued uh it's uh, sometimes i think about how certain singer songwriters stops songwriting uh, and like Stevie Wonder is not releasing really new albums, but when you release a body of work that includes songs, the key of life, you get to take the, le- the last 40 years of your career off. That's great. Uh, let's see. I'll skip over one because that was impulsive. Uh, but the divine, the divine. <laughs> <laughs> Perish the thoughts. It was, well, it's like I, I, I added to the list, like stiff little, stiff little fingers, guitar and drum. I just remember really, really liking it. But then like uh, for at the time, but then like not can't uh, lightning round I, I, lightning round lightning round uh, lightning round sorry 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 uh the divine one by uh, sarah vaughn gotta have sarah vaughn just again masterful voice uh last two uh for your pleasure by roxy music uh this melodic long songs that just want to make you take a take a soak uh and i'm gonna say any frank zappa album that has peaches and regalia because there are a lot of albums and it's on a lot of them my favorite zappa song and Another one of those stop the day dead and just listen and focus and enjoy it. David, a- anything goes cast album concert at Central Park, Simon and Garfunkel, something fierce together alone. Uh, Levant plays Gershwin and Courier. What are your uh, uh, picks you didn't pick? Uh, well, Andy took care of Elvis Costello and Warren Zevon for me. So awesome. Uh, this one's kind of a Stockholm syndrome thing, but music for the masses by Depeche Mode, because I <laughs> nice. heard it so oh, many yes. times. No, no, that's a good album. Yeah, it is a good album. I had 101 on my extra extended list. Yeah, wow. that's on that's on my long list, yeah. Um, kind of Blue by Miles Davis. Um, anything by Diana Krall, but if I had to pick one, good. it would either be From This Moment On or All For You, a tribute to the Nat King Cole trio. Can I just mention how bold it is to name an album Kind of Blue? <laughs> How's your that's new album, Miles? Eh, Kind of Blue. That's Miles. Um, Roy Hargrove with The Tenors of Our Time. Maybe my favorite jazz album of all. Uh, Silver Jubilee by Riders in the Sky, if you're in the mood for cowboy swing, oh, Riders in the Sky. Uh, Sons of the Pioneers <laughs> style music, but done really, really well. And they're funny. Um, the Beatles. Always drink upstream from the herd. That's right. Uh, it's not the easy way, but it wouldn't be the cowboy way. Um, the Beatles, <laughs> either Rubber Soul or Revolver. So I'll pick Revolver since Erica took Rubber Soul. Um, Emmy Lou Harris at the Ryman Auditorium. Great album. Uh, I had to have a comedy album, so report from Hoople, PDQ Bach on the air. It's it's like two fake radio shows featuring PDQ Bach, but it's it's accessible to anyone. W double O F. Wow. And, and and the one Christmas album I listen to year round all the time, a Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh yeah. No, no Jose Feliciano, huh? Uh, that's just in my head, but I don't listen to it. But no. hey, let's sing it right now. No, let's not. Is that it, David? That's it. Okay, that's a good list. Steve, bring out your dead. Oh, you chose, by the way, I should say this up front because that's the format. Format? Yeah, what did I choose, Jason? Steve, you chose the Beatles' white album, uh, Loveless, Metal, not Metal, Metal, Broken, A Passion Play, and Modern Life is Rubbish, 
I have no recollection of choosing those albums. Just take them. They're yours. <laughs> Neither right. do we. I'll take them. They're good. Uh, okay, I have a short list, which is ones that almost made the cut, and a long list, which is ones that uh, almost, almost made the cut. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I will, I, will go, I will go very quickly through these. Um, the short list, uh, I can't believe I didn't put one of these uh, song, or albums by this band on there. Uh, XTC, either Oranges and Lemons oh, or English oh, Settlement. Yeah. Good, good, good. Oranges yeah. and Lemons is just a sparkling pop gem. Full Love of it. Great songs and a three and a half minute dick joke in Pink Thing, which is just so good. <laughs> Uh, and English Settlement, which is just chock full of uh, 12-string guitar, which I just love, especially when it's not coupled with the hippie stylings of Roger McGuinn. Um, <laughs> the uh, the Stone Roses uh, eponymous album, The Stone Roses from 1989, just a fantastic album end to end. It's no surprise they couldn't follow it up, although I liked it. Uh, <laughs> the Electric Light Orchestra's 1977 opus, Out of the Blue. Um, overstuffed with great ideas yep, and yep. massively overproduced and end to end it is just a fantastic listening experience you know you know Jeff Lynn is one of those guys who um, you can tell he is involved with anything it's oh, yeah. it has his sound right, he right, has yeah. that sound mm-hmm. and and so if you've heard uh, out of the blue then you've also heard the traveling Wilburys right. and the free as a bird uh, by the Beatles Lee and Roy Orbison and album, Tom Petty's yeah. mystery yeah. girl <laughs> indeed you've heard them all yep yep and uh, and I love them all, as a matter of fact, because I find his style fantastic. Yeah, he's very good. He's like he's like he's like a, what Danny Elfman is for soundtracks. He hmm. is for he's production. from my hometown. Um, oh, uh, a more recent uh, lesser known picks, uh, Gorilla by the Super Furry Animals, a Welsh band. Just mm-hmm. love the flow yep. of this album. It it speaks to the part of me that uh, that sequenced mixtapes back in the nineties. You know, you put the fast song here, and then you slow down into a nice slow lilting number, and then you put the crazy electronica. There are a lot there. of rules. Really, really good. Um, and uh, Black Sabbath's Paranoid, which um, which yes, the Sabbath uh, <laughs> created metal with their first album, and they perfected it with Paranoid. I think um, just so. Have great. you heard the typo negative cover version of Paranoid? I believe I did once upon a time. I was not a it fan. It is as amazing. I it's like ten minutes long, a quarter of the speed with the riff from Iron Man in the middle. It sounds nothing like the original. It's fantastic. I always found typo negative kind of a hard to hard to listen to, but maybe I'll go back oh, and try I love that them. again. Love them. All right, my long list. Uh, I won't say much about these. Uh, Adam and the Ants, Prince Charming. I love Adam and the Ants in any form. Yes. I think this is the I think this is the perfect album for him. Where uh, I'm not going to say anything more about this because I said I was going to go fast. You did. Um, great uh, comeback album. For for the B-52's Cosmic Thing, I think, and yes. it's a wonderful yeah. album. Uh, an unknown album from the Boo Radleys called Giant Steps, which I think is one of the great albums of the 90s. Um, the Breeders' Last Splash, terrific Kim Deal album. Every song yep, is yep. great. Uh, it has uh, echoes of the shoegaze in it, and I think it's just a perfect album. The Cars, uh, eponymous first album, The Cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, which has pretty much all of the big hits that everybody knows by the Cars, and they're all fantastic. That's not um, that's not true, but okay. <laughs> everybody knows the songs on Heartbeat City, but that's everybody okay. Everybody knows the songs on Heartbeat City, but I think everybody who actually likes music knows the songs on the Cars. Oh, I agree with that. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. It's just I think that everybody remembers You Might Think instead. That's uh, probably yes. true, yes. Or, or Shake It Up. Wow. But who thought the cars of all the bands would start an argument? <laughs> also, also, well, speaking of Fountains of Wayne, Fountains of Wayne is essentially the cars. So, right, it's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, another great shoegaze album that nobody's ever heard of. Chapter House's Whirlpool, fantastic. They actually had a song that got radio play, uh, which in the in the form of Pearl, which is a very good song. Uh, Cheap Tricks, Heaven Tonight. They're probably their best <laughs> album. Um, 
Devo, I couldn't decide between their first album, Are We Not Men, We Are Devo, and uh, their probably best end and album, Freedom of Choice, both great. Duran Duran's Rio, uh, they get no respect because mm. they were so darn pretty, but man, Rio is a good album. Yeah. If you it like really the Killers, is. by the way, yes, you like Duran Duran because the Killers is just yeah. Duran Duran Duran. <laughs> Uh, a more recent choice, um, very intricately played bar music in the form of the Fratelli's Costello music. Uh, another terrific album, just a load of fun to listen to. The Human League's Dare! Yes. Oh, I have to say it that way because of the exclamation mark at the end. Uh, everybody knows... Um, uh, Don't You Want Me. Don't You Want Me, right. And uh, to a lesser extent, Seconds. But uh, I love the whole um, album. It's great uh, synth rock from the kind of the pioneering period of that. And uh, yeah. and if you can stand, um, what's his name? Uh, Phil, Phil Oakey. Phil Oakey's voice for more than 20 minutes at a, at a, at a sitting. Oh, he's got a fantastic a great voice. Album. Fantastic I love it. Voice. I love it. But it's, I think it's a love it or hate it kind of thing. Uh, the Judy Bats, down in the shacks where the satellite dishes grow. Um, little known uh, band from Tennessee, and this is just a wonderful album. Uh, the Lilies, X Same, the Photon Band, the best album that Pink Floyd never recorded. Uh, Liz Fair's Exile in Guyville. Oh, um, yeah. Ah. Fantastic statement of feminism and uh, also a great album. Metallica, I go with Master of Puppets. It's the one that hooked me, but uh, it is the law that this be on my list, so there it is. <laughs> it's, got, it's got to be Lightning or Puppets, so, you know, that's fine. That's right. I, I, lean, I lean Puppets. That's a new you show, Lightning North of the Equator or South of the Equator. <laughs> Strangely, th- those, are my, those are my choices when I go to the theater. Lightning or Puppets. If somebody could just combine Lightning and Puppets in some way. Yeah. They'd have a, a, a monster on their hands. There'd be fewer puppeteers out there. Good idea. <laughs> My choice for best ministry album, The Land of Rape and Honey. I think it fuses his early sort of synth pop mm. leanings with the, the later thunderous stuff. And, uh, and Stigmata is just a mind blower. Yeah. Um, Thieves is pretty good, too. Thieves is incredible. Yeah, I, I could have put uh, Mine is a Terrible Thing to Taste on there, too, because that is also a great album. Mm. Um a potentially controversial choice, an emo album. Uh, My Chemical Romance is The Black Parade. Mm. Uh, another uh, great lost Pink Floyd album. It is superb. <laughs> if, if you're afraid of emo, if you're afraid of My Chemical Romance, I recommend giving this a listen. It has shades of Bowie. It has a lot of great stuff in it. It is a terrific album. Give it a go. It's a little, it's a little dour. But otherwise, it's pretty good. Uh, Pale Saints, The Comforts of Madness, another great shoegaze album. Um, this is so uh, Philip Moselak doesn't freak out and say nobody mentioned the Pixies. I'm going to put Trompe Le Monde out there. <laughs> Um, a totally unknown uh, band, Prolapse, The Italian Flag, is a wonderful, plotting, thunderous album that uh, deserves to be better known. My R.E.M. pick, uh, controversially, will be Green, their sellout album, which I think is just wonderful and ends. Fantastic album, yeah. Yeah, I'll um, take it. Radiohead, The Ben, some bastard took that, so yep. I got to scratch that off. Suck it. <laughs> Uh, Rush, this is my choice for Rush album, Hemispheres. I love the song Hemispheres. I think it's terrific. And uh, the, uh, unlike 2112, the other songs on the album are also great. Uh, Slow Dive, another shoegaze band. Souvlaki is a terrific, mm-hmm. great uh, mood piece. And uh, the Sticks album I pick is Pieces of Eight. Mm. Great song and end. Supergrass's I Should Coco. Hey. Um, and uh, lastly, um, unknown album from Tripping Daisy called Jesus Hits Like the Atom Bomb, which is another uh, very layered uh, pop album that uh, really kind of digs its hooks into you and does not let go. That is my long list and my short list. All right. 
Good night. A lot of albums. Good luck. (laughs) A lot of albums. Uh, And here here are my dead. uh, My my Beatles pick, unlike everyone else, my Beatles pick is Revolver. I think Revolver is the superior Beatles. I album. picked Revolver. Did you pick Revolver? Was yes. that in that lately? Oh, that, that was, that was, that was That's what okay. I would have picked if, if you had picked that bef- uh, Rubber Soul before me, so high five. Yeah. All right. Is nobody picking Sergeant Pepper? Weirdly, Sergeant Pepper. Oh, I love concept albums. That, I love it. I love all of them, but one of them will always be a standout for, for, for somebody. Yeah. It's, I, I just, I, I have gone, I've gone through the process of loving all the Beatles albums as my favorite when they were released on CD, and I, I discovered them as a, as a listener in high school. And, uh, but Revolver is the one that is, for, for this time in my life, Revolver is the one that I, is my favorite. I don't know. Sgt. Yeah. Pepper is better known as a concept album than as a batch of great songs, yeah. which yep. it really, I think it's a lesser mm. batch. So I have Revolver on my list. Um, I also have Revolver on my list, by which I mean Girlfriend by Matthew Sweet, which is an, an, a, a fantastic uh, power pop album that is essentially a replay of Revolver in many ways. It sounds the same. It's uh, kind of amazing. Um, the self-titled, eponymous, thank you, uh, Crowded House by Crowded House. Oh, I thought you were going to pick the REM uh, compilation. Eponymous. eponymous well, how about that? Yeah. No, no, definitely not. Uh, uh, Crowded House's first album, which uh, I love. A uh, Bob Mould's first solo album, Workbook, which is a spectacular. Speaking of uh, of not caring about the lyrics, in Husker Du, he really <laughs> didn't care if you heard his voice at all. And in Workbook, you can hear Bob Mould sing. And a friend of mine who introduced me to this album said, uh, uh, at one point in the middle of Heartbreak, a stranger, he said, "Listen to that, Bob Mould singing." <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> apparently he can do that. No one knew before then because Husker mm. Du. Um, Erica mentioned Imogen Heap. I'm going to pick Details by Fru Fru, which is where I uh, oh. first discovered Imogen Heap. Uh-huh. I think. It's a fantastic. That was so close to being on my list. Her too. collaboration with Guy Sixworth. It's fantastic. Uh, I could Does have. Does that have the cover of Hold Not for a Hero on it? Uh, no, I think that's just on like a Shrek soundtrack. Oh, okay. But um, details is great, and all the all the uh, Imogen Heap solo albums are great. I really had a hard time picking, but I ended up going with details. Um, you don't need to pick a greatest hits album. We none of us did that. Uh, some of us cheated and picked live albums. I'm going to pick Hotel California by the Eagles. It is essentially a greatest Might hits as album. Well, be a greatest yeah. hits and album, and it's yeah. just an album, and it is great. R.I.P. Glenn Fry. Um, Random Access Memories by Daft Punk. I think is a fantastic Ooh. album. So I'm going to put that on my on my list here. Um, Lamb lies down on Broadway by Genesis. Hey. There it is. Um, from uh, Toe the Wet Sprocket, uh, Dulcinea, which I think is is their best album um I oh actually, man how could i forget that <laughs> thanks uh, jason well you're welcome and i um and i'll also throw out i think better than any of the toad albums is glenn phillips first solo album which is called abulum uh fantastic solo album um field day by marshall crenshaw is one of the roots of power pop it is a fantastic uh, sounding really atmospheric um spacious power pop album from 1980 80? 1981? Very early in the 80s. Uh, and Marshall Crenshaw is a great uh, power pop artist in general, but that is a that is a really good early 80s album. Uh, my Rush album is Signals. I like Signals. Signals is good. It's a good album. It's sort of right in the middle. It peters out at the end for me. Yeah, it does a little bit, but for me, Rush, um, Rush, you know, gets gets very poppy later and is really hard rock, more hard rocky earlier. And Signals is kind of a nice happy medium for me sure. before we get to the big money and all of Analog that. Analog Kids a great song. Yeah, um, the best uh, Beatles album released in the '90s, "The Seeds of Love" by Tears for Fears. Not uh, bad. Yeah. <laughs> I like the hurting, but that's good too. Oh, the hurting is a classic. It is I'll a good. Them both. It, it is a good album, and uh, and I will finish with purple rain 
by Mr. Prince, ah. which is a spectacular it album. It is solid, yeah. Although I really yes. would, I, I can construct a, you know, again, it's difficult because I, there are some Prince songs that I love that are scattered across many of his albums, but there it is. That's, he's made so many. He's made so many. Uh, that's it. We have, we have, is that all? We could probably list a few end. more. Yeah, who who forgot any? You think this podcast was long, but trust me, to listen to everything we've just described would take a very long time. But that's I okay. Mean, it'll cost you seven dollars. It's fine though, because you can pretty Spotify. much just skip everybody else's albums and just listen to my list. Sure, <laughs> if you want, and uh, people are free to do that uh, however they want. Well, that's it. We have come to the end of the album draft. I would like to thank my drafters one last time, Anthony Johnston. Thank you for being here. Uh, you're very welcome. Can I just quickly say, if the last two hours hasn't killed you and you are insane and therefore want to hear me talking more about music and specifically about metal, I do a show called Thrash It Out with my good friend Brian Latendry, where we take it in turns to pick a heavy metal album, make the other person listen to it and then argue about whether or not it's any good. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> and it is at thrashitoutpodcast.com. Excellent. Shameless plug. That's good. That's I good. know, I know. He, he, he seemed to express slight, on the incomparable network. slight shame. Slight shame. <laughs> uh, Erica, Erica Ensign, thank you very much for being here. And I'm glad I sniped some of your picks and reminded you of other favorites. Yeah, you did. I want to go listen to Dulcinea right now. Yeah, it's a good, good record. Um, Andy and I cope. Thank you. You did, you did bring a lot of class to the joint with opera <laughs> and Tony Bennett, which uh, I am impressed by. So thank you. I'm very proud that my lifelong inability to know what anybody's listening to at any given moment has once was for once actually turned out to be an asset. Thank you. It's paid off. <laughs> David Lore, thank you very much. So Casey, could you please play Papa Don't You Run So Fast by the Yardbirds? Thanks a lot. Bob in Seattle. Well, Bob, here's your long distance dedication. Steve Lutz, thank you very much. I am now going to sell eight copies of the three EPs by the Beta Band. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jason, I have I have regrets. This is like trying to pick a favorite child, isn't it? Yeah, I don't totally. like digging through and and trying to rank my I, favorite I albums because mm-hmm. they they music has such kind of an internal uh, emotional grasp. I it's think, like so. It's like Sophie's Choice. If Sophie had like eight hundred children and she could only save eleven of them. I mean, there there's things there's things where I have like favorite songs and and I don't care about the albums, but right, you know, right. most of the Carpenters is like that. Great song, like, yeah, two or three yeah. great songs on every album, but none of the albums are overall brilliant. I love the Police, but the Police don't have a good album. Right. I love Blanc Peter Gabriel. Close. Peter Gabriel doesn't really. I mean, so sort of, but all of his albums are kind oh, of like yeah. no, no. Yeah. I don't think so. I think Peter Gabriel, one of my favorite artists, does not have one single great. Great uh, album. Security, oh, is, security is great. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's like doing sound design for theater. I just, I, I wind up listening to so many varieties of, uh, so many, so many genres of music that I've got favorite songs all over the place. But yeah, it's hard to find like these, these are the albums that have stuck with me over years for the most part. I could have probably picked so. All right, now I have true. more regrets that I opened up discussion against. <laughs> yes, that's okay. <laughs> You're, thank you, Jason, that's for right. having me on this podcast. What, what, Steve, what song is this? What song is what? what? Who's this? Oh, this is uh, this is the Beta Band. Oh, the Beta they're Band, a great little band out of. They're uh, good. Yeah, they're great. You should buy this album. It's All right, three EPs. Okay, collects three of their early EPs. All right, nice. Dry maybe the rain. Maybe not buy their first album. No, maybe Although not. I like it. Just or just listen to Dry the Rain, which is a great song. Thank oh, you. <laughs> no, I don't think I'm going to sell this to you. Why? 
I'm stuck in <laughs> You don't seem like you're worthy of it. <laughs> I'll, I'll give you 10 for that. Sold. I, you know, I made a, a high fidelity reference earlier in this podcast and nobody seemed to react to it, but that's okay. That's fine. That's fine. We try not to encourage really. you, Jason. All right. It's, that's wise. We, we're and trying to stay on the rails. Thanks to... To failed. You failed. <laughs> rails, what rails? Thanks to everybody out there. This this dra- is a draft episode. Slam it hovers. Rails. It hovers. It does not go on rails. This is act two of The Fugitive. <laughs> Thanks to everybody out there I feel for like listening. everybody on this podcast is on rails. What did you do when you got up this morning? I apologize to everyone out there for listening. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, thanks to all my panelists. We will see you next time. Goodbye. no shame in, in the two-part episode, Jason. I was actually right. kind of liked those. Yeah. yeah. Yes, I'm here. John Syracuse tells me to put in clips in a podcast. And it's great. You don't, have to, you don't have to dig through an hour and a half podcast episode to find yeah. one sentence like you did for the clip show episode. Yeah, that's exactly. That's not going to work because we were all just so brief in what we said. How are you going to just get all that done? And- <laughs> you know, compared to our past draft episodes of movies and such, this actually was very, very tight. Oh my god, I didn't know the Guess Who were Canadian. The Guess Who's Canadian? They have a song called Running Back to Saskatoon. They also have a song called American Woman. Stay away from me. Did you listen to the lyrics? Saskatoon, is that in Minnesota? (laughs) I guess we finally know the answer to the question, the Guess Who. Mm. Canadians. Canadians is the answer. (laughs) Yep. Blame Canada. I do.